This episode of the Fresh Start Family Show is brought to you by our Quick Start Learning Bundle, how to build a compassionate, firm, and kind discipline toolkit that works with kids of all ages. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your Quick Start Bundle so you can get going today on building up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit in your home. Well, hello, listeners, and welcome back to a new episode. I am your host, Wendy Snyder, positive parenting educator and family life coach, and I am, gosh, I'm just thrilled and excited to bring this episode to you guys with the Rachel Macy Stafford, you guys, who is just someone that is very, very inspirational to me. She came on the show to talk to us about how we can have childlike joy in the middle of grown-up overwhelm. And let me just tell you, I feel like I was like frothing (laughs) at every word that came out of Rachel's mouth. I just feel like I connect so much with the way she inspires and writes and tells stories. And she just has this beautiful, vulnerable and authentic and just humble way of making you feel like you are seen and understood and that you are not alone. So I know that so many of my students in the foundations course and at the bonfire support program really struggle with overwhelm. And let me just tell you, I'm raising my hand as one of those people. And you hear me have a lot of emotion in this episode because living a life where I am present and not stressed out and feel like I'm not on the hamster wheel of just kind of striving for accomplishment or to get one more thing done on the to-do list or whatever it may be, it's really important to me. And it's a season of my life that you'll hear me talk to Rachel about, a season of entrepreneurship, of of building a, a big big business where I have huge plans to help, you know, more and more and more families all across the world get this amazing work of positive parenting, this life-changing educational work into their homes. And there's just a lot going on. (laughs) My kids now are tweens and one's a tween, one's a teenager. And, you know, between sports and house and work and marriage and holidays and and just all the things, y'all get it, right? Overwhelm is a really, really big thing, but I'm just on a journey to just find out what I can do to counteract those feelings of anxiety that often flare up when there feels like there's a million things to do and I'm always behind. So what you're going to hear Rachel talk about today I think is really beautiful and she actually has her new book coming out in March called Soul Shift. And so I would love it if, you know, I'm going to make sure I pre-order it and it'd be awesome if you guys could go support her and pre-order that book too. Pre-orders really help authors like Rachel in the publishing world. And so it would just be really great to hop over to Amazon. We'll make sure we put a link in the show notes for you to be able to do that easily. But I just cannot wait to eat up every word of this new book because like I said, Rachel's words just really speak to my heart and deeply inspire me. So let me just tell you a little bit more about Rachel and then we'll get started with this episode. So Rachel Macy Stafford is the New York Times bestselling author of Hands-Free Mama, Hands-Free Life, Only Love Today and Live Love Now. Yes, she has four books and then this new one coming out in the spring will be her fifth book. 
She is a certified special education teacher whose personal strategies are universal invitations to embrace life with urgency and cultivate connection despite the distractions of our culture. Rachel has been featured on CNN, The Today Show, Good Morning America, Global News, USA Today, Time.com, The Huffington Post, and Reader's Digest. Her blog, handsfreemama.com, is a source of inspiration to millions. She resides in the South. She has the most beautiful Southern accent with her beloved family and rescue cats. One of them, while we were recording, was sitting on the bed behind her, and it was just the most beautiful, calming presence. So you guys, enjoy this episode, and let's just be on a journey together in 2023 to counteract all those like temptations to fall into the spiral of overwhelm, right? Like, Let's use Rachel's words and thoughts and inspirations and really wise ideas on how to live a life where we are present and we are escaping the temptation to fall into perfectionism and all the thing and all the things. So just know that if you are on that journey, I am there with you and I can't think of a better intention to head into 2023 with just kind of implementing everything we talk about in today's episode. So you guys, thanks for listening as always. If you are not on our email list, make sure you head on over to the website freshstartfamilyonline.com. Grab our free learning guide to raising strong-willed kids with integrity. It's a great place to get started to understand what we teach here at Fresh Start Family and how the strategies and the tools from a positive parenting perspective and family life coaching perspective can really help you to have more peace and joy in your parenting walk, in your marriage, in your home, all the things. So head on over, freshstartfamilyonline.com. Make sure you hop on the email list, grab that free guide, and that way I can stay in contact with you every week. I can let you know when we have new podcast episodes drop. I can let you know when we're having promotions on our educational program programs or free events. We actually have one coming up here in just a few weeks that is so exciting and it's just really a great time to get into learning and community, be able to support be supported by me in a real live format where you get to ask questions and take part in the learning, do a little bit each day so you stay out of overwhelm. But that event is going to be really, really great. So make sure you are signed up for that free annual New Year challenge that we do every year that'll take place in late January. Without further ado, you guys, help me welcome Rachel to the show and enjoy this episode. Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show! Well, hello there, families, and welcome to a new episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. I am really excited to be here with our special guest today, Rachel Macy Stafford. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Hi, it's so good to be here. Yeah, it really is. Oh my goodness. Listeners, family, community, we are going to be talking today all about really how to get ourselves or walk ourselves off the ledge, so to speak, of overwhelm and also have a great discussion around how that's tied to perfectionism. And we're just going to 
have a beautiful, rich conversation. And specifically, Rachel's going to be talking to us about how we can ignite childhood joy in the middle of grown-up overwhelm. And I am just so fascinated by this topic, Rachel, because a lot of times, like, when I when I interview someone, I'm like, oh yeah, we're we're on some like we my expertise and your expertise match and we're just gonna have this great conversation. This one, I'm like, Rachel, please help me. <laughs> I'm like, how the heck do I bring childlike joy in the middle of overwhelm? Overwhelm is definitely the thing in my life at this stage of being an entrepreneur and a mother and all the things that I'm like, oh my goodness, it's just my, like my work right now is like getting my head on straight, so to speak, and basically applying everything that you write about and that you speak about. And it just really is an honor to be here with you today because your writing and your words are just absolutely beautiful. Our entire team here at Fresh Start Family was so excited to have you on the show. So thank you so much for taking time out to be with us today. Oh, that means so, so much to me. I'm excited to dig into this very interesting topic. (laughs) Yes, so good. Okay, well, before we get started, before we get into the meat of our topic today, tell us a little bit about your story, Rachel, for everyone who doesn't know you or maybe hasn't read your books, because you have four now, right? Are you on your, is this your fourth or your third? It's your fourth, right? Yes. I, my fifth book comes out in March, actually. I have a new book coming out. Yes. Yes. So yeah, I've been at this for a little while. And before the show, you had asked me how old my daughters are now, which it seems weird for me to say, you know, I've got a 16 year old and 19 year old because I started this when they were little, you know, just four and seven. And that's kind of where I had this pretty painful realization that I was basically missing my life. It came from like a question that was often like a compliment to me. People would say, Rachel, how do you do it all? You know, and I would pat myself on the back thinking, well, this is the greatest compliment of all, you know, I'm just juggling all these things. I have this smile on my face, you know, everything looks perfect, but inside I was really struggling in my home was not a peaceful place to be because I was so maxed out and being able to answer that question. How do you do it all? Rachel? honestly, was a starting point for me. I realized I miss out. Well, I can do it all because I miss out on life. Mm, And it's painful. You know, it's real. when you realize and you start thinking about the moments that you've missed because you are going 100 miles per hour from point A to point B, it's gut-wrenching really. And, but it's also... It's also healing and liberating because then you can say, this isn't how I want to live. Once you have that truth in front of you and you don't push that away and you acknowledge that pain and say, okay, I don't know how I'm going to stop living this highly distracted, overwhelmed life, but I know I want to. And that to know what you don't want your life to look like is something. And that's basically where this hands-free journey started from that painful awareness. 
Yes. And what were, what were you doing at that stage of life? Were you home at full-time with the kids? Were you also working outside the home? Yes, I was getting my teaching certification renewed. We, we moved quite a few times when my girls were young and we had just arrived in Birmingham, Alabama. I was getting renewed so that I could teach in the new state and then I was also throwing myself into the community because I wanted to find, you know, friends and connections and I wanted the girls to fit in, you know, so Scott's, you know, my husband's traveling throughout the week and I'm working on that certification, you know, with the two girls at home trying to get acclimated and it was just stretching myself very, very thin. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Like It's just wild how much I've realized in the last six months. Now I'm, I'm going to say probably year. It's like, I am there, you know, like I've spent the last, I guess it's been almost 13 years, like 13 years ago, my big realization was that like the parenting was just it. That's why I became a, an educator and a family life coach. Like it was just that panic zone of like, I can't do parenting like this. My strong-willed girl, little girl, this is not working all the things. And so I spent that decade, you know, like changing and learning and become fluent, fluent in this beautiful way of teaching and, and being a parent and being a mother and all the things and developing this business. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is not sustainable, you know? So it's like your work and the work of um, Shauna Nequist, like present over perfect. I swear I will listen to that book over and over and over again. And I'm like, you are speaking directly to me right now. And it's like, I'm not out of it yet, but I love that you're acknowledging that there's so much beauty in just realizing like, okay, this is where I'm at. And it is a journey, right? Like it probably took, it did, right? You started oh. writing when they were four oh, and six yes. or, oh, yes. and now here you are. And you're like, you're way more fluent in the ability to like, not be in the grind and the rat race. And obviously you can tell from like the emotion in my voice. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I just want to be on that journey with you because mm-hmm. it is just such a common thing these days that it's, it's, it's beautiful to be in the journey. So I'm just so excited to be here with you today to soak up all of your wisdom. And it doesn't happen overnight, right? Like it doesn't like you just oh, wake gosh. up and you're like, Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm out of the grind. I'm out of the rat race. Oh, right? Gosh, like, no. And that's one thing when I, I gather with soul shift participants, that's my course. And that's the first thing I tell them is like, I'm going to show you some practices that help you get back to, you know, grasping a life that really matters to you and rejecting, you know, what the culture is saying is success. But this takes time. And it's yeah. it's honestly, it's one choice after another choice. And that's the beauty of this journey and the way that I did it as a as a special education teacher. I'm not going to be giving you big, major sweeping changes to make. I'm not going to tell you to stop doing your job responsibilities, to put away technology. That's not realistic. But what we can do is we can start making new choices one step at a time. And that's where you get, get in this new awareness that I have a choice. 
I don't have to do it the way I've always been doing it, or I don't have to do the roles that have been assigned to me. And and all of that is just wrapped up in awareness and setting boundaries and reclaiming what, what is yours, because the world is just going to keep taking and taking and taking. And you are at a point, this awareness that you're expressing is this is difficult. It's not sustainable. So I need to do something different. What that is, you don't know yet. But hopefully after we talk today, you'll have a starting point. And that's yeah. that's the beauty of this is it's it's one small step after another. Yeah, it's so true. And I just am like my favorite my favorite thing, I mean, I have a million favorite things about my job and my business and what I get to do on a day-to-day basis. But one of them is, it is just nuts to me how God will put people in my life at the exact right time, right? Like, so of course, we're helping thousands of people through this conversation today, but really, it's it's for me, let's be real. Yeah. And everyone else gets to benefit, but but it's just so cool. I mean, I was just in a weekend workshop this weekend with my my friends at a sister company who are... 100% life coaching based and that's who I do all my certification through but you know it's it's a basically a course where we look at limiting beliefs and my limiting belief that I got to like pull up and just bring light to was that that I've been operating from for for decades now especially since I've been building a, a business over the last decade or whatever is I can't like I'm not capable this is what leads me to say yes to everything under the sun and like keep working <laughs> life is exhausting and therefore, I must just like keep going. I must push, push, push. Mm-hmm. And we got to redo it where the new one that I've now of my, I did like small step, speaking small step, mm-hmm. Rachel. It's, I, I actually put it on my screensaver yesterday with this beautiful picture of the beach. And it's, I'm capable. Life is exhilarating. And I will trust myself because there's so many like beautiful small messages that, you know, you hear your intuition or your gut or God, whatever right. you call it. And you, and it's like, Hey, you should say no. And you're like, no, I got to say yes. I'm going to do one more email. I'm going to, you know, and it's like, led me to live in a state of desperateness. Like, obviously it's like Uh high achieving, right? Like I've been able to build this organization, help thousands of people. I am a great mom. Like I do it all right. But it's not inside your soul is just weary and tired. And like, there's this desperate tone that I was able to bring awareness to and see, like, it's, it's amazing when someone else points it out, you're like, what? (laughs) And then you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. Cause when you're in that rat race, it's like this desperation comes out. Right. And I know you have so many layers of your writing and your work that teaches us about value and worth. And it's almost like you're just desperate to like attain your worth and value. And it logically makes no freaking sense, but you just, you just get used to it, right? So, yeah, and we're conditioned. We're conditioned from a young age to believe that our worth is defined by how much we accomplish or achieve, or maybe that was our role as a child, and we got accolades for, oh, you're really such a go getter, you're such an organizer, and you know we're probably cut from the same cloth. So, you know, we overachieved, and we got a lot of accolades for that, and so naturally. We started to define our worth by how much we accomplished. You know, I like to say, if if something wasn't on my to-do list, it wasn't worth doing. And that's a tragedy because you're not going to put the most meaningful moments and experiences on your to-do list. They're not on there. So you're missing 
those opportunities if you're living a checklist life. Let's chat for a hot sec, openly and honestly, about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Timeouts, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning, you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being air quotes mean to their sister or disrespecting you, but then three days from now, they're repeating the same misbehavior, which causes you to flip your lid because you know they know better. I want to help you learn a new way so you can end the vicious cycle that's keeping you stuck as a parent and causing you to feel super frustrated that nothing is working to get your strong-willed, stubborn child to behave better. My team and I have recently completely refreshed our Compassionate Discipline Quick Start Learning Bundle to help you learn a new way to teach your kids important life lessons, a new way to help your children learn from their mistakes and take responsibility for their actions. You can just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, and I'll personally send you a message with a link to download this free bundle. I'm going to help you shift out of a punishment mindset and into a compassionate discipline one where you fully trust that connection-based, firm and kind discipline tools are all you need to be a strong leader in your home who holds your kids responsible when they misbehave, but does it in a way where they are learning the vital life skills they are missing when they mess up. So again, just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free bundle now. I am so excited for you to shift out of feeling guilty and shameful when you lay your head on your pillow at night and shift into feeling confident and proud of the way you handled yourself as a parent, even when you were wildly triggered and upset about the mistake your child made. Okay, I'm excited for you to dive into this free resource. I'll see you in my DMs and inside the free discipline bundle. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was so like not expecting so much emotion to come out of this, but it's so true. I saw a post you did last week or maybe it was a while ago, but it was like a picture your daughter had taken of you on bed on your, on her bed or something like cuddled up in a blanket with your shoes on, which right away I was like, oh my gosh, you're breaking the rules. Your shoes are on in your bed. Like, you know, like that's something I'm always like, take your shoes off in my bed, you know, or wherever you were. But you know, here you are, like you had shared how instantly you were like, oh my gosh, what, what kind of mom lays down and is like lazy or resting, which is totally one of my things. I'm like, when I go to rest, I'm like, oh, failing. Like it's just uh-huh. comes so fast. Uh-huh. And then this, this story that unfolded about what your daughter and how proud she was that she had taken this beautiful picture of you resting and uh-huh. how peaceful you were and how it was like this gorgeous memory and there's so much more. You guys have to go to Rachel's Instagram page and, and read all of her posts. But but it was just like, that's an example of a moment that is like, so you're going to miss it if uh-huh. you're so focused on performance and worth. And But just, you can tell, Rachel, you are an expert in now in having your eyes open uh-huh. to those like white space moments, to the beauty in all of the, like the opposite of the achievement. 
Oh, it's just so and good. It's, there's so much in how I learned to talk to myself mm-hmm. because, you know, in that moment that I was so exhausted and I laid down on Natalie's bed and she took a picture of me without me knowing it. And she was so proud, like you said, of capturing this moment of me in rest. And I immediately judged myself for that picture. And here she's standing here saying, look, look, mama, you were resting. And I I took this and I didn't disturb you. And that, that voice of compassion that actually my children, I started listening to my children, the way they looked at me, what was important to them. And that's how that shift happens. Then instead of being this taskmaster and drill sergeant to yourself, you start speaking in a compassionate, only love today. You know, that was my phrase, only love today. When when my judger would get loud and say, you're not doing enough. But that's how you start to take it back. It's the way that you start talking to yourself and seeing yourself, not through the lens of productivity, efficiency, speed, but through, you know, I'm here, I'm showing up, laying my head down at night and saying, I had that beautiful connection moment with Avery, my daughter today, because I stopped when we were trying to head out the door. I stopped, I bent down, I looked at something she wanted to show me and I felt peace. That's a conscious decision that you make and you get reinforced every time you make those decisions. You're like, oh, I feel the weight of the world. And does it matter? We're two minutes later to the doctor's office or we're whatever we're behind, you know, we say we're behind schedule and we kill ourselves literally to stay on a schedule. And you have to just step back and say, what am I doing? Who? Whose schedule am I on? You know, and then you start saying, I don't have to pack my days so full that I don't have time to breathe, that I don't have time to stop. And that's when you talk about those boundaries and you, you start saying, I don't have to do all the things that people ask me to do. And yes, they're going to be disappointed because you're the go-to person. And they think, oh, I'm going to call her. She always does it. She always says yes. She does a great job. And then that first time you say, you know, I can't do it this year. And it might be like me where someone actually says, oh, I'm going to go to the next person on the list. And I said, wait a minute. There's a list. I've been saying yes (laughs) all along. And there's a freaking list. You know, so it's like, like I said, one choice after another. And you can dip your foot in there and say, let me try this. This feels risky to say no. This feels risky to protect my peace. But then you are rewarded. And then you keep doing it until it becomes a way of life. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So good. You've already touched on some of the stuff we're going to talk about. Well, we'll get into it in just one moment. One one last question before we get into like our first point about this like childlike joy idea. So like for me, it's been such a journey with like, so I have my parenting side of the education work I do and that I've like implemented into my own life, right? Like it's changed my own life and then I help change the life of so many families, right? But then there's the life coaching side of things where it's like, there is so much healing 
through feeling, right? So here's my question for you. Like there's the logical brain that's like, just say no, Uh just create that space. Like they'll be fine. And then there's like the habit, like limiting belief brain. That's just like, so desperate. Right. So like, has there, was there moments for you that you like, for me, for this, like, for example, this last week, and then I was working on this. I mean, I just like, as I was working and bringing awareness to this limiting belief, I just was like sobbing, it's like sobbing, like uncontrollably. There's so much emotion. Obviously you can tell I'm a feeler to begin with, but when there's like something that I've been carrying around for so long that I need to let go of, and then I always just feel better. <laughs> like it's like mm-hmm. it heals me to like let me. Is, was there moments like that for you where you just like had like healing through feeling, and then you were actually able to be like, no, I'm not going to volunteer for that, or I'm not going to take another trip or whatever it may be. Was there moments like that for you, or did you just have a like night and day moment where you were like, I'm going to start saying no more? No, no, it was definitely these basically like painful truths kept coming up for me. It would be either like a look on my child's face or it would be something inside of me that would just feel like this is really uncomfortable. So I call these like external cues, cues that you're not living the way you want to live or something's painful. Now, when I was living my highly distracted life, I was really good at just pushing that uncomfortable feeling away. But when I became more aware on my hands-free journey, I realized those cues, like that pained look on my child's face, when I criticize her or I want her to do something better, you know, or I dismiss my husband when he's trying to give me a hug before he leaves, you know, Those are moments I started paying attention to and having that moment to say, okay, this is a moment that feels uncomfortable. Why? Why is this uncomfortable? And to sit with that and it would always kind of come back to, I am, I'm not giving the the people that I love, the time that I want to. I feel like I'm putting all my energy out here to strangers, literal strangers, instead yeah. of the people that I love the most. And so it's it's kind of like you have that realization and then you just begin to notice, when do I have chances to choose something different? So then you're going along, you're living your life. You remember that that was a painful moment. You said, I just pushed my husband out the door. And instead of having a moment with him, maybe instead of picking up my phone first thing in the morning, I am not going to pick up my phone. I'm going to connect to my inner world before I connect to my outer world. So it's it's literally becoming aware And then you don't know what that's going to look like. You don't know what that new choice, but you're paying attention and you're saying, there it is. Someone's asking me to come on Saturday and do an interview. And I don't, I really don't want to work on Saturdays anymore. I want to protect my Saturdays. You say, here it is. This is, here's an opportunity. And then you check yourself. 
And I really like to get some accountability. So I told my family what I was doing. And I said to them, hey, guys, on Saturdays, I'm going hands-free, which means I'm not going to be on my phone. I'm putting away my to-do list. I'm not going to be signing up for volunteer duties. And I want to do something as a family. Well, now this is when they were little. I don't know as teenagers if they would be so gung-ho, but when they were little, they were like, yes, we, (laughs) yes, mom, we want to do this with you. And I call it going public because once you put it out there that these are the changes I'm trying to make, I would really like your support. And I was, I was afraid at first that I was going to get judgment because I didn't think I was going to do very well at letting go of distraction. But I told them, I said, I don't need anyone to scold me or shame me. I need your support because this is hard for me. I've been living this way for so long. I've been going, 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 and I'm going to try one choice at a time. And it was amazing because like I would go to my older daughter's swim meets, which you know, if you've ever been to a swim meet, you know, they're really long and you can knock out a lot of stuff, you know? So this time I was like, here's a choice. Don't bring your work to the swim meet. And sure enough, with my open lap, my younger daughter sat right on there and she put her arms around the back of my neck. And she said, this is the mom I always wanted. And I could have shamed myself in that moment. I could have said, Rachel, she's been waiting for you to be available, but I didn't. I said, you know what? I am here now. I made this choice. I put down productivity and I chose connection. That's how this whole journey gets started is just one choice. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Everything, everything, everything. Okay. I can do that. I can do that. One little choice at a time. And yes, I can, everything you share is with such a sense of curiosity, like, right. Mm -hmm. There's a tone of curiosity and there's an opportunity and it's an experiment. Let's see how this feels like, Mm -hmm. even though I doubt that I'm capable of this, I'm going to try it and just see how it goes. And then, like you said, the rewards, they like solidify Mm -hmm. your capability and like your, your intuition was spot on, you know, like it just, oh, I mean, the, it's like the rewards, like, you know, creating the new habit, you have like the, you have to take the rewards and it's like, it dings the brain. Like, okay, this is good. We want to do more of this is from what I've learned from habit forming. Absolutely. So, oh, so good. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I think of too, I was just working with some clients and in, in our past coaching session on this of like the message we were given a lot, which seemed like, you know, to the past generation, such a wise message of to give to children of do your best. You need to do your best. Are you doing your best? Do you think you could do better? You know, mm-hmm. what were you thinking? Shame on you. You know better. Yes. And it's like, man, it seems like it's on rerun in a lot of our brains. Like so many of those messages just get, they become like, they're just second nature to us. Oh, so even though, yeah, it's like, even though you did 20 things today and you, you took the moments and you loved and you showed compassion, whatever it may be, like you could have done more. 
Oh, like that is an underlying always feeling or thought. It's not a feeling. It's a thought that I am actively committed to breaking and helping my clients and and students break too, because it's freaking life destroying. Oh, absolutely. So, Mm -hmm. so good. Okay. Well, all right. (laughs) Talk to us. Okay. So we've talked about overwhelm and I'm sure the idea, like we, you know, you you shared a bit about the, the idea of perfectionism and how it's linked. And I'm sure more will come out through this conversation. But like, what do you mean, Rachel, by igniting childlike joy <laughs> in the sense of overwhelm? So you had shared how doing that by creating small pockets of unstructured time, and then mm-hmm. second, giving yourself space to express yourself and be authentic. And then third, giving yourself to permission to remember who you are and to come as you are. Mm-hmm. But I'll just share with us more. Like we'll get into number one here in a second, but what do you mean childlike joy? Well, one of the things that comes up at almost every retreat that I hold, I have the soul shift retreat. We talk the, the way we start out is we talk about, you know, what do we want to reclaim in our lives and what do we want to release? And almost probably 50% of us say, We want to reclaim our joy. And I remember vividly, you know, when my journey started and we were heading out of town and the car was packed, we were going somewhere fun, we're pulling out and I'm complaining about the dishes weren't, you know, put away, the house wasn't cleaned up. We're, we're, we're late getting on the road. And Scott turned to me and said, you're never happy anymore. Mm. And he didn't say it like a judgment or a criticism. It was literally a matter of fact, like almost like a mourning of someone who's not there anymore. He said, you're never happy anymore. And I couldn't deny that, you know, as a perfectionist, I was good at like saying, what are you talking about? You know, that's not right. But I was like, he's absolutely right. I'm not happy anymore. Where where did my joyful self go? I mean, I used to carry Twizzlers in my purse and I would say hi to every dog and cat I walked by, you know? I was like, where did she go? And over time, I realized, you know, that little dreamer girl, that's what I call her, my dreamer girl who loved to write in notebooks. And she made mixed tapes like nobody's business because she loves music. And she did. She brought in stray cats. She climbed trees. That is my joyful little self. And I thought she was gone because I had grown up, you know, and you have all these adult responsibilities and you think back to the schedule. You don't have time to go toward what delights your heart. Well, it's no wonder we feel so depleted and hopeless and frustrated because we're not doing anything to spark that joy, that dreamer inside of us that is still alive and well. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. (laughs) Now I understand. I swear I was telling the team, I was like, what? I don't know what she means. Like (laughs) overwhelm sucks. Like overwhelm is like so shitty. How am I going to find childlike joy? But 
I get that. Like, yeah, it's there. It's always there. And it just will guide you. And we we bury it. We cover it up with all the stuff, you know, but then just having those, you know, I, I, I stumbled across this beautiful bench swing during the writing of my fourth book. I was out taking a walk, found this swing in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, well, I got to sit on this swing. And I sat on that swing instead of, you know, I got to get my miles in. I got to keep going. I sat on that swing and I remembered my four-year-old self when my kitten passed away, swinging on that swing and just feeling like God's love just pouring down on me and saying, it's going to be okay, Rachel. And I'm sitting there on that swing, remembering that feeling of being seen and loved and held. And I thought, I forgot how much I love to swing. And so I made it a point for for the rest of that writing of that book. I thought, you're going to swing at least once a week. (laughs) On that swing for 20 minutes, I found so much peace. That was just a matter of reconnecting to that part of me. And that feeling of being small and being held and not like I have to hold the whole world in my hands, that I am being held. Oh my gosh, yes. And that is an example of that point number one you have of giving yourself small pockets of unstructured time. And maybe you can speak more to it, but that's a perfect example, right? And again, like literally everything you say, Rachel, I relate to everything. I'm like, are you like in my brain, right? It's exactly it, right? Like if I'm walking the dogs, I mean, it's literally, I probably just thought this thought last night. Like I sit on the bench and I watch the sunset when we get to the edge and I feel a little guilty about it. (laughs) And it's like, it's so funny. Like now I'm going to sit on that dang bench and I'm going to be like, this is amazing. Instead of walking further or the dogs need more exercise or whatever, I'm just going to sit and I'm going to see what God reveals to me with such peace and unstructured time. But And you you can say to yourself, I'm worthy of this moment to breathe. I don't have to do anything to earn this. I'm worthy just because I'm here. And so many times we don't let ourselves rest until we do X, Y, Z. And we have to stop doing that. We're worthy of it just because. And that's such a great example of just one little choice, one little like, so that that was a split second choice. That moment you said on that, that swing, it was like, you know, your brain was like, well, you're, you haven't gotten your steps in yet. Whether you have a watch on or whatever it may be, your Fitbit, It's like, you should keep, you know, and then the other little voice was like, you know what, maybe you should just sit and rest and have Mm -hmm. a minute of unstructured time. And, and you just made a choice in that moment to listen. And that was just one choice, right? So like, that just seems so doable to me to remind us that we are all so capable. And then the joy that came from it is just obviously so, so well, and when you can do this with the people you love it's really powerful. And I'm I'm just going to tell you like this, this is a recent experience of mine. So people don't say, oh, she's cured. You know, she doesn't have the taskmaster brain anymore. It, <laughs> it's still literally a constant for me. But I took Avery, my daughter, to get an x-ray and she asked if she could get a, pic- a biscuit on the way back. And I am, I'm calculating. We stop, we get the biscuit. 
There's a seven minute drive to school. She can eat the biscuit while we go and she'll be on time. And she says, can we sit in the parking lot and and let me just eat this biscuit? And I had a little discussion with myself and I said, yes, we can. And we sat there in the parking lot and the sun was coming up and this beautiful song came on the radio and she talked and she happily ate her biscuit, you know, and she was 15 at the time, you know, so these, these are special. And I thought to myself, you know, she was 10 minutes late to school, but what's the point in being there on time? If you're not going to be prepared and ready, you know, if you shove them out the door after she's gone through this pretty traumatic experience, it's, It's, it's not worth it. That's not how we should treat our children. That's not how we should treat ourselves. And to know that someday when Avery's on her own and she'll say, I want to stop and I want to enjoy my food. And she'll remember that me and her stopped and we, we had that moment. We didn't rush off. I'm showing her how to take care of herself in this crazy, distracted, hurried world. And what a gift that is. Yes. Oh my gosh. Why does everything you say make me like ball? <laughs> I mean, obviously, like it's the funniest combination of like total relatability. Like that is exactly what I do with the dang. My children don't ask for biscuits, but yeah. they ask for other things. And it's like exactly what I do. I calculate. My mind is so tired. Like it is so full. Like I do exactly that. I calculate everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the the idea of making just a different choice of like saying yes to that is so inspiring. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's so emotional. It's like, it brings me so much like, okay, I'm normal. I'm you not broken. Exactly. And then it's also like, that's so inspiring. Like, yeah. And I know my children are craving that so much. They crave it. and But then they also get used to it, like the way of mm-hmm. life, right? And then you... Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're just passing down a generational cycle of like exactly. the rat race. So yeah. Oh gosh. Okay, Rachel, stop making me cry. I'm just kidding. I love crying. <laughs> I actually love it. I'm gonna feel so good after this interview. I'm gonna feel like a million bucks because oh I'm just God. allowing myself to like weep as you speak. Mm-hmm. And I, if I'm weeping, I know other people that are listening are weeping with with joy, joyful tears. Okay. Second, we just have this idea of giving yourself space to be authentic and to express yourself. And that's a way of like having childlike joy. So talk to us a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. So this kind of goes back to like the boundary issue where we're talking about when we have these opportunities to fill all of the spaces and we become aware that we don't want to fill all the spaces. And so we ask ourselves, well, hold on, before I say yes, I'm going to say what do I want to do? So that's a novel question that we don't often ask ourselves. Pause before you have a chance to fill the space of your life and say, but what do I want to do? And then you have to vocalize that. Oftentimes that means saying, I need time to do this or I'm going to need to walk this off or whatever it is, then you're 
you are expressing your needs rather than trying to figure out what does this person want me to do? What did what do they want me to say? Because I think we run our 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 choices through filters oftentimes because we're so used to being the peacemaker, the the accommodator, you know, the holding up the world. And so learning to express what we want and what our needs are, it is a process. But it again, it starts with asking yourself, but what do I want to do? And then you have to start practicing that. Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things um, in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier. Okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me now, if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. And sometimes you're going to look back and say, wow, I just committed to something that I really don't want to do. You're going to have compassion for yourself because you can say, this is how I've been operating my whole life. This is how I learned to be loved and accepted. But now I know my worth is not defined by how much I do for other people. I'm worthy because I am here. I am showing up and I am the one who gets to decide how much I can handle and how I want to live my life. Because trust me, no one's going to look out for your best interests. (laughs) Nobody except for you. You're the only one. 
And so learning to start expressing, even if it's someone asks you, where do you want to go to dinner? Instead of running it through a filter of what do I think they want me to say? Where do I think they want to go to dinner? You say, you know, I, I actually really feel like getting some Greek food tonight. And then everyone goes, oh, and you say, hey, you just asked me what I wanted. And I'm telling you, that's what I want. And then you stick with it. You don't back down. That's a very simple example, but just getting a chance to say what you want starts with, you know, where do you want to go to dinner? Or I don't feel like cooking instead of, well, they want me to cook. I'm going to have to cook. Or, you know, those are just very simple examples. But being able to reclaim your voice, that is a way back to finding what creates joy in your life. If you're always doing what everybody else expects of you or wants you to do, you're not going to ever be speaking for that little uninhibited, joyful part of yourself that that really is honed in on what brings you joy, what brings you peace. Until you put space and you create space to hear your voice, to say what you need, you're just going to keep living this life of honestly resentment because you're going to say, I never get to do what I want to do. I'm always doing for other people. And you're angry. Well, that anger is a service to you. It's telling you, you're not protecting yourself. You're not nurturing yourself. So take it back. One self-reclamation moment at a time. One self-honoring behavior at a time. Anger is a service. Dang, that is so 100% true. Amen to that. Yeah. That's so helpful, Rachel. I just did this last night with the friends we're going to dinner with tomorrow night. And now that I think about it, I did the opposite of what you're saying to do. (laughs) I moved very fast and it was like a, sounds like that's what she wants. We'll go there. And it it was fine in the end. Like, I'm like, I really am happy with either of these two choices, but, but looking at what you're recommending, it could have taken me 20 seconds to just take a deep breath and ask myself that question mm-hmm. and then come from a place of answering the text from an authentic, you know, joyful, childlike place instead mm-hmm. of just quick, I got to get to this. I got to like, sh- let's just make her happy because Terry did ask me this morning. He's like, oh, you didn't want to sushi didn't sound good. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even stop to ask him. Like my habit is just very, very fast. It's like a freight train. I just exactly. mm-hmm. get shit done, man. Move along. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and it does, it steals the joy. So, oh my gosh, so good. Okay. And then the last, the last point we had on how to ignite childlike joy in the middle of grown up overwhelm is giving ourselves permission to remember who we are and to come as you are. And everything you've shared with us during this interview speaks to this, Rachel, but maybe just some parting words for this one. Yeah. So one of the most interesting quotes that I came across when I was writing my fourth book, Live Love Now, and that's for connecting with teenagers, so was this quote by Dr. William Damon, who talked about well, he wrote the the path to purpose. And so all his research is on finding purpose. And so Dr. Damon talked about how 
we need this exploration, our teenagers need this exploration process, this, this process to fall down, to get up, to make mistakes, to, to feel stress. You know, he says, all stress is not created equal. When we are doing something we feel passionate about, we are revitalized. In fact, he said there's even some kind of like guards against depression and anxiety when you are doing something you feel passionate about. Well, I read that and I thought, well, that explains, well, sometimes I get really scared to do things that like my heart is pushing me, like you should go talk to that group, you know, do do that speaking event. It means you're going to have to travel a very long way, which I'm I'm kind of directionally challenged, so it it always is scary for me. But I'm listening to that little push that's saying this feels scary, but it feels like something I want to try. And when I think about Dr. Damon's research, and I think, all right, this is going to be stressful for me, but when I go and I use my gifts and I share my passion, I am revitalized. And so when you think about how we structure our lives, that we don't have that exploration process where we think, well, I used to love to do art, but I'm no good at it now. Or my mom and dad told me I would never be an artist. You know, we hang on to those things and we think, why not now? Why not try getting out your paints or Maybe you want to bake and you thought it'd be fun to to sell cakes or something. And, you know, just you have these ideas, they're in there, but we push them away. We shut them down. We say, well, it's too late for that, or I can't do that. But what if you just try, say yes to that scary yes. You know, it feels scary, but all stress is not created equal. And when you are doing something you feel passionate about, it makes life exciting. It revitalizes you. And so having what I said was, you know, the unstructured time, the the space to express yourself and the permission to show up as you are and, and just come as you are, not no judgment, no standards of, oh, it has to be this good. Those three things all come together to create this, basically like this little container that you can start fulfilling yourself instead of depleting from yourself. So instead you're putting in instead of taking out. My gosh, which totally is all of that. That little container is the antidote to overwhelm. Like that's... That's what causes you to go to bed at night and be like, oh, I am living a life that is fulfilled and mm-hmm. purposeful and and exhilarating. That's my word. That's my word. Yeah. <laughs> exhilarating and amazing. And because so many people listening right now, like if you ask them, like, what is life? They would like overwhelming would be one of the first words that comes to their mind, right? So uh, listeners, I hope and pray that this conversation and Rachel's wisdom has just blessed you beyond belief to take these three ways to ignite childlike joy to help you overcome or or 
get away from overwhelm. I know it's helped me. And Rachel, I am just beyond honored to have you here today. Like literally my favorite authors, Bob Goff, Shauna Nequist, Brene Brown, and you. And the fact that you have said yes and been here with me, I just, again, it's, it's an honor. So We have all of your books on our website. We have a a shop page where we've collected our favorite books and resources for for families over the years. And all of yours will be there. And your new book, when it comes out, is it available for pre-order right now? Yes, it's called Soul Shift. It's the same title as my course that I've been teaching for eight years. And it's, you'll like this. The subtitle is The Weary Human's Guide to Getting Unstuck and reclaiming your path to joy. (laughs) Everything you talked about. (laughs) Okay. I am pre-ordering it today. When does it actually release? Like when will it drop? On March 28th. Okay. March 28th. But you guys just get, get the pre-order in, just do it. Get the pre-order in. It helps authors so much when people pre-order. I can't tell you. (laughs) That is so good to hear. Okay. So everyone right now, this will definitely, this episode will definitely air before then. So you guys go support Rachel, go get that pre-order in as you, as you heard her say, it really supports her. And then just real quick, tell us about your, your course and then your retreats, because I think I may need to get in on this, (laughs) especially as an entrepreneur, I mean, yes. I'm sure you have a lot of entrepreneurs. I mean, it is just a, a double, you know, it's a double whammy. I feel like when you're, you're that self-drive is just. Well, boom. and I do think having community to talk about, like, you know, just you and I being able to converse about these things that we struggle with is so much more effective than like just learning by yourself, you know? Yeah. And that's what I have these communities for. And my soul shift course, I run one that goes online I usually run that every fall. It's eight weeks. And I tried to make the lessons like super short, like 10 minutes a day, just like what we talked about. I give you a very small step or small tool to implement in your life. And then my retreats are basically the same content, but just condensed because it's, you know, just a weekend. But I, the retreats, you just have to follow my hands-free revelate hands-free revolution Facebook page or my Instagram, the hands-free revolution, because I will post when and where those retreats are. I can tell you that there will be one next November. There will be one next October 27th through the 29th in North Carolina at the Art of Living in Boone. And it is the most beautiful mountaintop retreat center. So that is something that we can look forward to and plan, you know, if we want to plan ahead. Wow. My daddy was raised in North Carolina, so that might be really nice. There you go. Oh my gosh. Okay, Rachel. And then of course, uh, and then a website and let's just review one more time website and we'll make sure we put everything in the show notes page, but is it handsfreemama.com? Yeah. Handsfreemama.com. Handsfreemama.com is the website and then Handsfree Revolution for my social media. Okay, perfect. All mm-hmm. right, everyone. Thank you so much for being here, Rachel. We really, really just honor and cherish this conversation and your time today. Oh, thank you so much. I enjoyed it. 
All right, listeners, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. As we wrap up here, don't forget to DM me the word shift or head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free discipline quick start learning bundle. You'll get immediate access to download our extensive learning guide where I'll share five ways you can ditch the old school hand-me-down punishment mindset beliefs and thoughts that are causing you to react like a volcano instead of respond like the firm, kind, respectful teacher you are at your core. And then you'll also get immediate access to my on-demand workshop where I'll teach you our three core Fresh Start family strategies that make up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit, as well as my favorite logical consequences that not only work with kids of all ages, but do wonders to unite you with your child and strengthen your relationship, even in your kid's worst moments. So pop on over to Instagram right now and just shoot me a DM with the word shift and I'll send you a personal link to download that bundle right away. Or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to get access immediately. All right. Thanks for listening and I'll see you inside that free bundle and also inside the next episode. For links and more information about everything we talked about in today's episode, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 154. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day.